This is important information. Ready, set, and begin. Who better to talk about the MLS in the Twin Cities than the head coach of your hometown United? All incredible things to look forward to. Now, courtesy of Heineken, this is the Adrian Heath Show. Quintero with a Minnesota goal! The Adrian Heath Show. Oh, what a save by Shuttleworth! Oh, my! Hosted by former player and now Loon sideline reporter Jamie Watson. Check this out! Hello, welcome everyone to the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Coming to you live tonight from Buffalo Wild Wings in St. Paul, the address 80 Snelling Avenue in St. Paul, a mere walking distance from the almost soon-to-be-completed Allianz Field, home of the Minnesota United starting in the 2019 season. I am your host, Jamie Watson, joined tonight as always, by the head coach of Minnesota United, Adrian Heath. Adrian, how are you? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm doing well. Thank you so much First question. for joining us. No wings? How can we be in Buffalo Wild Wings? We've got no wings on the table. Were you just wanting a spread of eight of your favorite selection of wings? Something would have done. Well, you know what? You're going to get your fix next week because next week we'll be at the great Minnesota get-together, the State Fair. And do you remember a couple of weeks ago when we ranked? Yeah. The top ten foods, and you gave me your your top five, top ten foods on a stick. top top ten foods, <laughs> new foods to the state fair this year, and we took your best five. Well, those are going to be in front of you next week. So, pardon the fact we don't have wings here tonight, which Buffalo Wild Wings has some of the best. I will give you that that I've ever tasted. But next week you will have plenty of food in front of you, and you may never want to have food again after next week's okay. show. Okay, let's hope so. Okay, let's hope so. We got a lot to talk talk about tonight. We are, of course, joined here by the wonderful staff promotions team here at 1500 ESPN. A lot of free, cool giveaways. Come on down. Say hello. Adrian is here. We're also going to be joined in just a little bit by the goalkeeping coach from Minnesota United, John Pascarella. we got an action-packed show. We're going to be breaking down SC Dallas first, though, to start. Minnesota United traveled down to Frisco, Texas to take on FC Dallas in kind of a weird game. Typical well, for Dallas. Weird evening. Weird evening. Yeah. Not so much. It was a, it was a a long stretch of time from when the team first got set to take the field for warm up, and then a lightning show coupled with some sideways rain kept the teams delayed for a little over two and a half hours. So, Adrian, talk us through what that was like for you and for your team to first make it down onto the field for warm ups, and then turn around and go right back and say, "Nope, you've got to wait," and now kind of unwind and yeah. repack and, and go again I, for the game. I think the tough part is, if you knew that it was a two-hour delay, it's not a problem. It's when it goes 30 minutes, and then they come in, and you're going to start to get ready again. Then there's another bolt of lightning, and they go, oh, it's another 30 minutes. And it keeps going like that, because then the players can't actually rehydrate properly. They don't, you know, to be careful what, how, how much you eat, when do you eat. You know, so it's never, it's never easy. Although I'm not going to use that as an excuse. No, but certainly it wasn't, not. But know, pregame meal was at 3 o'clock. Yeah, so it was a Kickoff long... was meant to be 7, which yeah. is standard. About four hours just before kickoff is when you normally have your pregame meal. But kickoff for this game didn't actually happen until 9.40 p.m. Yeah, so we try and get them snacks. We try and get them some fruits. And... But you're not also wanting to eat a whole lot then. No, because, because you're, you're, also you're not now... sure if it's going to start in 30 minutes. Yeah, so it's a you weird, a weird so one. So you can't digest it in time and you... You know, part of you wants to eat something, then you're worried about, 
am I going to eat too much? So it's, it, it's, it's, it's never easy. And being in the away dressing room is always more difficult than being at the home. When sure. you're more comfortable, you've got everything there that you need. We had, you know, Angie, the team administrator, running out trying to get food and Absolutely. trying to get veg, fruit and vegetables or whatever. So it, was, it, it could have been a better preparation. But, um, you know, as I said, I'm not going to use that as an excuse for the 2-0 defeat. Well, let's get to the game then because finally kickoff comes around 9.40-ish local time, uh, which is, happens to be the same time, so it doesn't matter that it was local time. 9.40 p.m., kickoff comes. Your team starts off brightly. It was a good first 10, 15 minutes. Angelo Rodriguez looked lively. Then the game kind of evens out, maybe starts to tilt in the way of FC Dallas. Um, moments before halftime, let's get your thoughts on the first half, but then moments before halftime, Minor Figueroa scores in the 44th minute in a goal that was deemed to be offsides, goes to video review. Then they look on it upon further review and realize that because Michael Boxel had headed the ball, it negates the offside. Figueroa is deemed to be in an onside position. It's this weird rule. So you go into the halftime down 1-0. What was your thoughts on the first half and then that particular moment well, right before halftime? I think a couple of things that we have to look at. A, we changed the shape. We went away from the 3-5-2 and we ended up with a 4-3-3. Obviously, the fact that Francisco Calvo wasn't av available and Colin Warner. So we tweaked the lineup a little bit. Darwin Quintero out through injury. Yes, exactly. And I thought that we actually... When you look back at the game, I think Bobby made his first save at like 37, 38 minutes. And it was a really good save. But apart from that, they hadn't really caused us any, any problems. You might say, well, we hadn't caused them many. But being on the road, that, that wasn't... The plan was to try and take it at half time. Can we get it nil-nil? Can, can we get another foothold in the game in the second half? And then maybe start to open the game up a little bit like we did in LA the, the week previous. Going back to the goal... The rule states it should be clear and obvious. Before they go review it and ah. possibly overturn it. So I spoke to uh, Howard Webb, who's in charge of the Referees Association. And I, for the life of me, have seen every video angle that you can see. I've seen the referees. So I've not just seen the TV one that we all saw. I've seen the, the actual footage that they do. Does it come off boxy? It looks like it might do. But you know what? Even on the, 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 the other... Uh, views that I've seen the guy comes across him at the last minute they cannot say clear and obviously it hasn't touched one of their players I think as well it was, was it Grezo or Uola? it was Grezo it was Grezo yeah. and Edges yeah okay who challenged Boxy now I think it was you Jamie who said did the Boxy mean to you know we were talking back about to his this. own goalkeeper and no, so he didn't. As, as, as the rule states if the defender intentionally plays it back or makes an intentional um, play on the ball. And the reason I say intentional in this instance is because you have a center defender inside the six. Does he intentionally head the ball back to his own goalkeeper and almost put it past the goalkeeper? Common sense would say no. No, he doesn't. So and, and it, and th then the is that unintentional? And that's, that's where the, the, the gray part of this rule comes into place as we talk to Adrian Heath here on the Adrian Heath Show. We're recapping FC Dallas, and we're talking about this controversial moment in the 44th minute where Minor Figueroa scores the goal, and it goes to review. And I'm saying on the air, it's clearly offsides. You know, you're looking at it going, well, certainly offside. So what is it? And then this rule comes into play. It stands. That's tough, especially right before halftime, because it had but almost gotten to half at 0-0. Zero, zero. I, I think, I think that I've said it a million times, goals change games. And that completely changes our whole 
philosophy of going into the second half. Our team talk changes. Uh, the approach that we go onto the field with changes. And, and you know, I'm, as I've said, I'm not, I, I said it after the game and I've said it earlier tonight, I'm not using this as an excuse. But it just seems to me that if you look long and hard enough, when there's that many bodies in the box, you're going to pick something up. You can find something. And we've just got to be careful because that delay, and I've had this confirmed from Howard Ware, the delay, the delay on the evening was too long. For the game, if if, if you if you've got to continually keep looking, it's not clear and obvious. Oh, you're talking about the delay on the on yeah. the video review. Okay, well that's interesting to hear. And, and so it gets to zero, or it gets one zero at halftime, and then in the 57th minute, Michael Barrios scores a really great goal, curls it up and over Bobby Shuttleworth. Class finish in the end. Um, FC Dallas, real professional performance from there. Sees the game out two zero. Um, as you look back on it now, uh, a couple days removed. What are your thoughts? What are you? What are the good you're taking well, away? What's the good you're taking away from this, and what's the bad you're taking away from well, it? Well, I, I wouldn't think, say it's good and bad. I think the positives of the day were our defensive shape looked good. You know, we've we've come up with some some really good video to show the players about defensive structure, which was very good to contain a team like Dallas to one effort, to, proper effort to goal. There's a lot of positives there. The disappointment side for me was that when we had to open the game up and we actually started to try and make inroads into their half of the field and we let, left ourselves open. We looked as though we couldn't really cope with them as well as I would like to have done. You know, they, they looked like they were going to score more often than we did. You know, and I don't think we got enough into Angelo during the game, certainly in the first half. Our two central midfield players never got close enough to him and we certainly never got our two wide guys, you know, in their half of the field to cause their defence many, many issues. Franz Pangop showed a little bit at times, but overall I was disappointed with our attacking play. And I haven't said that a lot this year. Yeah, no, it's never been really the Achilles heel for the team. It's always looked as if they were going to score a goal or a couple goals a game. A little bit different feeling uh, on the night and yeah. Saturday. But we move on from there. One last one before we go to break. The news drops today. After the closing of the window, Minnesota United still addresses a big need the number six role, defensive midfield role, Fernando Bob is signed from International in Brazil with Fluminense from 2006 to 2014, loaned out various times throughout that uh, spell at Fluminense. But uh, you were big on this guy for the last several years, having seen him play um, a couple years ago in Orlando. What does Fernando Bob bring to this team that the team currently doesn't have? Well, I think he's, he's certainly going to give us more experience than we've got in that role. It gives us a better presence. I think he's got a better range of passing. Um, it's a position that he's grown up playing. That position of sitting in front of the back four and being the, for, you know, the last line of protection before you get to the back four. I think he's a really good out ball for the two centre-backs. Very good and com very comfortable in possession. I just think he, he will be a good pick-up for us. You know, as you said, you know, he first came across my desk three and a half years ago and we've, I've, I've kept in touch all the way along you know, following his progress. And, uh, you know, I think the fact that he had the real big money move, I think it was nine million or something to international. Oh, that's it? <laughs> yeah. So, uh, you know, he's, he's, he's been a quality player in the, in the Brazilian Premier League. So we, I, know he, I know that he can play at this level. You know, hopefully we can get him fit and get his visa stuff through and everything and he can help us between now and the end of the season. Then we can address it at the end of the season whether we want to move forward. So it gives you the protection to be able to see what he does over the course of the next nine games, but then three months of training 
day in and day out amongst the group before yeah, you commit long term. And also, I think it's, it speaks volumes that he's confident in his ability that he, he came under them terms. Sure. You know, he, he wasn't sitting there going, no, I need three years, two years. Whatever. He said, I'll come to the end of the season because I'm convinced I can show you that I'll be in and around you for the next two or three years. All right. I love that confidence in the new signing. So, big need filled there. We, uh, we are filling the first segment up. A little bit, uh, filling our cup a little bit too much here. We're, we're a little bit heavy on this first segment, and I wanted to wrap that up quicker than I like. We'll talk more about Fernando Bob throughout the rest of the show because this is a big signing. But what I want to do now is I want to quickly get to break because joining us on the other side of the break, goalkeeping coach for Minnesota United, John Pascarella, who was with Sporting Kansas City for eight years before he joins us timely as Minnesota United takes on Sporting Kansas City this weekend heading back to KC for a matchup there, a huge one in the Western Conference standings. So when we get back, we'll have John join us. That's Adrian Heath. Manny Hill's back at 1500. Jake's on site here with me. I'm Jamie Watson, your host. This is the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN. Presented by Heineken. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show, live from Buffalo Wild Wings here in St. Paul off Snelling. Adrian, as always, we come back with a little bit of bumper music. Yeah, Len, uh, Manny's doing me a favor here. Manny's, Manny's giving you a bit of a layup here. Well, you got this just one, to right? Get warmed up, yeah. Lenny Kravitz, Manny, come on. There we go. What a tune this is. This is uh, you could have a bad day, and then you hear that song. I suppose the right first. Around. I suppose the first two lyrics kind of give it away, don't they? Yeah. Right. Normally, he waits <laughs> for the chorus if he doesn't know the name of the keep, song. And keep surely, coming, Manny. Keep him coming. <laughs> Keep the layups coming, huh? All yeah, right. there you go. There we Making go. me feel good, Manny. <laughs> <laughs> All right, welcome back into the show. We are now joined by the goalkeeping coach for Minnesota United, John Pascarella. John, thank you so much for joining us. Fantastic to be here. Yeah, we're happy to have you here tonight. This is a, this is a real treat because as we lead into the matchup against Sporting Kansas City, there's really no better person to have here tonight speaking about Sporting Kansas City because... You were a part of the club for eight years, starting in 2009. You were actually there even before Peter Vermees was there. You joined in when it was Kurt Anolfo. Then halfway through the season, Kurt Anolfo gets let go. Peter Vermees was the technical director, takes over as the head coach. And you really saw not only a, cult, or a coaching change, but a real culture change there. Then you come to Minnesota United, so early on, the infancy of the MLS stage of Minnesota United. So I guess I'll start with that question what is the comparisons you see from sporting kansas city before they did the rebrand before they are now sporting kansas city the dominant team in mls from what they were to what minnesota united is now you know it's an interesting question that you bring up there the there are a lot of similarities between the two clubs although most people wouldn't see those today because what you see with skc is the quality that they have now, the consistency that they have now, all the processes uh, built in. Sort of the finished product. Sort of the finished product. What people didn't see was how they got there. So if you rewind back to 2009 when I first arrived, they were in a new training facility. But they still played in a rented minor league baseball stadium. Oh, was it, was it Community America Park? Community right? America Ballpark. Oh, exactly. wow. Can I just put in here? Is this when they were the Wiz? This is when they were the Wizards. The okay. Wizards. This was after the Wiz, which, by the way, was the worst all-time name it's in pretty bad. soccer. It's yeah. pretty bad. Ever. There's, there's never been a name worse. Um, 
But they, they rebranded that to the Wizards and then eventually rebranded to Sport in Kansas City. But the similarities you see is that nothing ever happens overnight within the league. There's always a process to getting better. There's always a process to building the roster. There's always a process to building the culture. There's always a process to becoming comfortable with what you have. And when I say comfortable, I don't mean that in a negative sense where you kind of sit back and you, you let everything come as it is, but comfortable in the sense that you have a home stadium, you have a training ground, you have processes in place, you have different things that you can rely on. Like a routine. A routine. A and it's yours. To yeah, do and, with and it's yours. As, as you please and exactly. when you please, which is a godsend. Exactly. So if you think about that time that elapsed in Kansas City, from, from just let's say when I arrived, 2009, to when we went into the stadium in 2011, that's a couple of years that goes by with no playoffs, with a team that's not good, not yet anyway, but slowly builds into that process. And then you fast forward to 2013, and we end up winning MLS Cup. And that's what people remember. They see that. They see the Open Cups. But they forget about the time in between that it took to build and to get there. That's interesting you say that because I, I, I feel like you made a good point when you said people see what it is now and just assume it always was that. Peter Vermees takes over in the middle of 2009. And there's, there's a reason there's, why he took over in 2009. Yeah, you don't get rid of a coach when the team's Co doing great. Correct. You don't fire a coach in the middle of the season when things aren't going well, when things are going well. Right. They weren't going well, and we didn't have the proper processes in place. We didn't have the right culture. We didn't have the players invested the way they should have been. And you could see that, and it took some time to build that back up. And with that came the corresponding change in the name. So you had a rebranding. You had a new stadium being built, training facility that had just been built, a new culture and mentality that was, that was being taken on board by the players. And although there was an improvement over the first couple of years, it wasn't so quick and so fast and so dramatic that you, you saw it all of a sudden. So it takes time to build that process. It doesn't happen, it doesn't happen overnight. And that's all a part of the, the quote-unquote plan that's in place. And, and, I get, and I'm taking that's one of the similarities from Sporting Kansas City to what you're in the midst of now. And a big piece of that plan, when you're building that plan, is building a stadium. How do things change when you have your own stadium? Well, it, there's, there's a bit of ownership that comes with that for the players, for the coaches, for the fans, for the ownership group, for the front office, for everybody involved. Mm -hmm. We all know when we walk into the stadium at the University of Minnesota, as nice as those folks are and as good a facility as it is, it's not home. Sure. It's not ours. A temporary home. It's, yeah. it's a temporary home. And, and I don't care what anyone says, human nature dictates that, that you don't feel the same way about it, you don't act the same way within those confines as you would in something that's yours. And so there are certain routines that come with that. There's a certain, there's a certain um, habits, and, and maybe you want to call them superstitions, but pe players all have them. Yeah. And they want to be comfortable in their environment. And sure. Adrian alluded to it in the last segment, when Dallas was sitting through that weather delay at their home ground, they were in their home ground. Right. They knew the lay of the land in the stadium. They knew what they could do. They had people that they could talk to. They knew where to go to get stuff. They knew it. Correct. Yeah. Correct. I, I think also as well with the, with the stadium, I know from a logistics standpoint, if, how bad it is for us sometimes. We have to take so much stuff to the stadium. 
take it out straight after the game. You know, we've got people there well past midnight yeah. trying to get stuff. All them little things, they, they all add up. And the other thing I, I think about when I think about a stadium, my family still had the same season tickets when I left home that when I was four years of age. So we sat in the same seats for probably, with my grandfather, I probably sat in the same seats for over 30 years. Yeah. Wow. That is part of what you own in the stadium. That yeah. is what, that's part of this feels like home. Yeah. But I, I don't think it's a coincidence that most teams pick up most points when they're playing in the home stadium. 100%. Especially in this league, more so than nearly anywhere else in the world. I would agree. You know, okay. so... It's, it's interesting to see how, how the dynamic changes and how that can really be a linchpin and a catalyst, if you will, to kind of spark some change. And, and I wouldn't say it's a, it's a small change because Allianz Field is, a, is not a small change. It's a very expensive change, but it's something that does change the game for the team. Now, when you start to see year over year as, you, as you're in the midst of that change, John, what started happening each transfer window each off season each preseason you got how does that change slowly start to come about to where you get to a point where you start to feel because it took you guys at sporting kansas city at the time what, two and a half years mm -hmm. before you really felt like we're getting there yeah. we've almost got what we want sorted how, i mean for you in your words how did how long did it take what what were the things that started to to transpire that made you feel like we're the plans working well there was an evolving process um, that took place and and people had to take ownership of different roles and responsibilities whether that was domestic scouting in the college game or in the USL and and back then a little bit more so than now there was a little more emphasis on the college game because I think there were you could get more impact through the draft than you can currently and, the, and I, the academies weren't as pr prominent as they are now no there, there weren't in fact there was no mandate at that time to have yeah. the academies True. you could if you wanted and then slowly but surely they added those mandates in and forced teams into doing it which i think is a good thing in the long run especially for the development of the players cultural mentality it's good for player development it's even better for culture development absolutely because players are, are, are engrossed in that 24 7 they grow up as part of the club and that's that becomes part of their fabric I think also as well that the, the more time you have at any club the consistency of staff and players becomes huge the yeah. turnover becomes less yeah. each year so all of a sudden you know, I, I think of Sporting Kansas City now. I think of Beasley. I think of Zussi. I th you know, you can yeah. keep going, can't you? Yeah. Ikepara. Seth. Seth. Tim, yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. So they have consistently added little pieces and incrementally got better each window. The system's not changed. It's 4-3-3, four, three, four, three, three. and they've tried to get better each year within the constraints of the league with the salary cap and, yeah. you know, and, and, and the Dom Dwyer yeah. trade is a perfect example. Would they, would they have wanted to get rid of Dom? Probably not. No. But when you get 1.6 million back in to reinvest within that group, then it suddenly, you know, it, it goes back to the, the Christian decision into, of yeah. a few weeks ago. Sometimes you have to make decisions that are not always about the player. Right. Or and that they're not, current and they're not always, That's right. No. They're not always about today. Yeah. No. They're it's, about building over that next six months or 12 months or 18 months. Sure. And that's what I think we're starting to do here is you have to, you have to, to see and put some emphasis on each one of those windows. I can tell you Sporting Kansas City didn't wait to improve the team year to year. They were ready every window to add players. Yeah. And went about trying to 
every single window. And had the resources and, to do it. And had the resources to be able to do it. And, and you know, when you talk about resources... From, the, like, from a trade like Dom Dwyer, when you get that $1.6 million, that correct. gives you the resources to do it. Correct. But early on, the resources weren't there. Right. And probably for the same reason ours weren't, because of the building of the stadium. So early on, and, and it's funny because someone just asked me this the other day, and, and I said it on record and I'll say it here again. You know, they want to compare us to Atlanta, which in some ways is a fair comparison because the two teams came in at the same time. But in many ways is a very unfair comparison in the sense that when they came into the league, their owner already had a stadium. Yep. By the way, they had a stadium that was an NFL football stadium, which MLS said they wouldn't allow happen in the league. Now, maybe I'm getting a little off base here and into some territory that the league may not want to discuss. However, they were allowed to come in with an NFL stadium. That $300 million that we've spent on the stadium down the street, mm. we would have loved to have been able to spend on Almiron yeah. or Barco or anybody else on that team. Yeah, a, but the fact is we've spent it on a stadium. And it's, it's a really good point, JP, and it's one that I get really frustrated about because mm -hmm. I have to be the guy who answers them questions about the Atlanta and, and as you say, it's, it's like comparing apples with oranges. Yeah. It's a completely, completely different proposition. Yeah. No, and by the way, I don't think there's anybody in America who watches the MLS doesn't think that Atlanta have done an incredible job with what they've done. Fantastic. But it's just been a little bit different than what everybody else has had to do. Yeah. Well, sure, a little, little I, I, different We had it in Orlando point. also. Yeah. You know, it's, it's, it's a different situation. Yeah. You well, know, and, and I'm sure that when Columbus were talking about maybe moving, there's a few football stadiums they thought they might be able to go to in Columbus. But yeah. I'm not sure that's, that's been offered them either. Uh, good, good points, good discussion, gentlemen. Let's keep it rolling. Uh, JP, you want to stick around for one more segment? Sure. Fantastic. All right, we're up against a break right now, so we'll come back. More from goalkeeping coach Minnesota United, John Pascarella, Adrian Heath with me as always. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken, coming to you live from Buffalo Wild Wings right here on 1500 ESPN. This is the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. Welcome back in to the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken, coming to you live tonight from Buffalo Wild Wings in St. Paul. 80 Snelling Avenue is the address. We are here, Adrian Heath, head coach of Minnesota United, joined by goalkeeping coach John Pascarella from Minnesota United. Adrian, you know this tune? Well, you've been talking over all the intro. You should know this tune. The second it came on, you should know it. It's that, um, I, I'm, I know, it's Get Lucky. Okay, yeah, who's, who's that, singing it? And it's the guy who did uh, Happy, what's your name? Oh, I can't tell you what's his name. Williams guy. Pharrell Williams. You're like three-fourths yeah, of the way. Pharrell Williams yeah, guy. There we and go. And I don't know the other guy. There's another guy with him. Get lucky. Daft Punk. Pharrell oh, Williams. Yeah, yeah, there we go. go. We'll Thank give you. it to him, Manny. We'll give it to him. Two yeah, for two we'll tonight. give him that one. There yeah. we go. All right. Well, we're having a great conversation here with John Pascarella, JP, goalkeeping coach for Minnesota United. That was very insightful last segment. Really, really good conversation. But what I want to do now is I want to, I want to ask the, the hard-hitting questions, the real questions, the questions that you better answer right or your lovely family that's here may not talk to you in the car ride home if you get these answers wrong. <laughs> I don't remember birthdays or any of that stuff. <laughs> screwed. I won't ask you any of that stuff. We're going to ask you a little bit of this or that. We've got a, a Kansas City version and we've got a Minnesota version that we'd like to talk to you about here. Get your opinion. First of all, I can't start anywhere else when we talk about Kansas City than barbecue. So, the two most famous places, I would argue, in Kansas City 
Oklahoma Joes or Arthur Bryant's? Where are you going? Me? I'm going Oklahoma Joes. Oklahoma and it's not Joes? Oklahoma Joes anymore. What is it now? It's Joes KC. Because the two owners, believe it or not, split up. The guy, one of them, wanted to take Oklahoma Joes nationwide. The other wanted to stay regional. And so they split. The guy that wanted to stay regional renamed it Kansas City Joes. Same recipes. Yeah. Same barbecue, same sauce. What did the other Joe do? He's going throughout Oklahoma and everywhere else in the country. <laughs> hey, by the way, and I'm not having it that the Kansas City barbecue is better than Texas. Oh, completely agree. Uh, huh? You know, it's hard for me to argue one way or the other because I have visited Texas. I have friends and relatives in Texas. I've played there, competed there this past weekend. Really haven't had a whole lot of barbecue there. But I take it from coaches that have coached there and players and coaches on their staff that have been there that the Texas barbecue is, is top-notch. Hands down. And better than Charleston. Well, th- th- that's what I was going to say. Charleston now, so... so now, <laughs> now you're talking crazy. If you're going to throw Charleston <laughs> well, in the conversation... Well, Ian Fuller, who thinks everything great is everything's best in Charles- Charleston. Oh, gosh. He's even throwing barbecue in now. He's better than Texas Stop and it. Kansas. Stop yeah. it, Ian Fuller. He's the one that's trying to convince us Newcastle's the best team in the Premier League. Yeah. He yeah. took us to a place in preseason that was good, but it wasn't great. Uh, and he probably I don't have you it believe it was much. the best in the world. Yeah. All right. Here, if, we're going for, if we're going for a night out, Power and Light District or Westport? For me, power and light. That's a fun. That's a fun area. That's where you see some of the most iconic images from Sporting Kansas City and the and when the U.S. Men's National Team were host games. It's always right there in the power and light yep. district. Awesome area. Although uh, I would say that there's a really good dueling piano bar. Oh, I love Westport. a good dueling piano uh, piano bar. That is one of my. Well, a little sing song. Yeah. Oh, yeah. oh my God. Just I've a had little. a night or two with Adrian at a, at a piano bar, and it's a. Uh, the guy, the more drinks he has, the more yeah, piano yeah. grigios, the more he thinks, I could play that, that yeah. tune up there. I could play that piano, which I can't, and I could <laughs> sing that song, which I can't. So there you go. It would sound like one thing in your mind, sound something different completely to our ears. Uh, let's go with this. Kansas or Missouri? For me, Kansas. Kansas, that's the choice? 100%. I had to make that choice when it came to buying a house when I went to work there, and it, it didn't take two seconds to make the decision. Okay. Kansas so no, side for me. Then I'll throw you this. KU or Mizzou? KU. Easy I don't choices. like either one. I don't like either one. Guys die hard, Kansas. <laughs> yeah. All right. No, I'll tell you why too. Yeah. They sink their tax money into the right things in Kansas, okay. which are a lot of youth programs and building facilities for youth sports, and the schools. Sure. That I'm makes all the sold. sense in the world for me. I've got four kids. There we go. Yeah. I've got I've got one that's starting uh, preschool like in a couple weeks. Gives so. me. Yeah. That makes all right. <laughs> That'll never catch you. I'm no, sensible with yeah. the taxpayers. There we go. As, yeah. we, as we talk to John Pascarell, the goalkeeper yeah. coach of Minnesota United, playing a little bit of this or that. Let's switch over to the Minnesota side now. Uh oh. Would you have a juicy Lucy or a walleye sandwich? I would have a juicy Lucy. That's the correct answer. Is it? I mean, is it? Yeah. You, you disagree, or have you never no, had one? No, I'm asking. Have you never had a Juicy Lucy? Probably not. I think I'd remember if you, if if you I have any answers. Have you had one yet? I, I had one, and I'll tell you when I had it. My very first night here when I came for the interview. Ooh, we set the bar high, or we wanted yeah. you really badly. We brought well, you. One, one or the other. <laughs> Where'd it, you go? It was recommended that first night. I don't remember was the name of Matt's the place. Was it Matt's Bar? Was it Blue Door Pub? I can't remember. The club had put me up in a hotel. They recommended the place across the street. That's where I you went. You can find it's, it going here. So Juicy Lucy, Adrian, is what they do is they, they take the meat... There's one side of it. They put a little nice little little crater of cheese in there, a little, little ball of cheese right in the middle, put meat on top of it, and then cook it that way. So there's no cheese on top. 
yet the cheese melts inside. Sounds good. And when you take a bite, you just got this oh, melting no. hot cheese. You're probably going to burn your mouth what the first t- time you have what one. What type of cheese? Can you pick your own cheese? Yes. Yeah, you can. Oh, well. Yeah. Yeah. So there we go. Maybe, maybe that sneaks its way onto your table next week at Where the State Fair. <laughs> there will be a few all, of them at the State all Fair. All over the city. All over, all over it. the city. The there fun, we go. The funny thing is you like picking on me about my diet. Yeah. I would take that burger over the fish any day. Yeah, absolutely. All right. Are you a Minneapolis guy or a St. Paul guy? Good question. I, I really... He's going to say St. Paul because we're in St. Paul. <laughs> yeah. He actually... get out here quickly if you say yeah. Minneapolis. And, and there's areas of, this, of both cities that I'm still discovering, so I don't know either one well enough yet because we work so many hours and so many days and there's so Are little sure time. sure he's a goalkeeping coach or <laughs> yeah, a politician? Yeah, yeah there you go. Making yeah. sense. Yeah. Right answers. All right. Here's another one. Prince or Bob Dylan? For me, Prince. Is that the right answer, Adrian? Uh, just about, I think. Just about, 51-49, Prince? Yeah, it's, it's tight, it's, tight. it's close. Yeah? I think when we've all said and done in another 15, 20 years and Bob Dylan, we'll look back at some of the lyrics he's made, I think. We'll, he was ahead of his time, huh? Yeah, he was fantastic. Last one for you. Not that the, the other fella's not good, by yeah, the way. Right, you know. Both cutting edge. Yeah, yeah. And, Both and for the day, oh, oh incredible. If you ever get a chance to go out to Paisley Park, highly recommended it. My parents literally drugged me out there because I was like, I don't know if I want to go. After seeing that, I was like, well, yeah. you guys, you got to check out this Prince guy. Yeah. He's, he's on to something here. Have you ever seen Dylan live? I have, yeah. You have? See, I have not, but I've seen Prince twice. I saw him before he was really famous, and then I saw him with my lovely wife over there. Yeah. Right after he had changed back from the, the artist, the form, yeah. formerly known oh, yeah. as Prince, back to Prince. There we Fan, go. Both shows fantastic. I, I, I saw Dylan in the, uh, at Wembley. And I think the best way to describe it is he was going through a, an indifferent patch in his life. Uh, didn't quite understand a lot of the lyrics that night. He was mumbling a little bit. It might, it might have had one or two. Yeah. <laughs> one or two that may have changed I, all the lyrics up a little bit. he wasn't very well that night. <laughs> kind of like you at the dueling piano yeah, bars, yeah, exactly. right? <laughs> all right, last one for you. Would you rather be on the lake or on the shore fishing? Wow. And don't Great give question. me this on the lake fishing. Give me no, one or the other. No, no, no. I'm not a fisher. I, I, I'm not someone who's a fisherman. My, this is my, an easy one. On my kids lake. are. I'd rather be on the water. I, I would think the same thing yeah. on the water. Yeah. There's, there's one or two to choose from here. There's there's a few of them. It's uh, there's nothing nothing yeah. beats what Lake Minnetonka. That's your. That's my little neck of the woods. I love being on the lake. I think it's uh, priceless. Where oh, it is. I haven't ever gotten one of those phone calls to join you. So. Hmm. Well, <laughs> and don't hold your breath. <laughs> How, how are these boat clubs that they talk about here? I don't know, Adrian. You tell me. How are they? Apparently, they're exclusive. You, know, you can only have one person from the Adrian Heath show join you, join you at a time. Well, here's what we're going to do. As we got JP, John Pascal, the goalkeeping coach from Minnesota United, joining us for just a few more minutes here from Buffalo Wild Wings in St. Paul, 80 Snelling Avenue in St. Paul. Great Heineken specials going on tonight. Tons of great food here. We're going to do one last thing, and that's we're going to make predictions on English Premier League games that go on this week. We do it each and every week, but before we go into week three, we need to go back to week two, and we need to recap. JP, I'm just going to ask you this. One of, the, one of us has played in the English Premier League. One of us has not. One of us has been a record high transfer fee in the English Premier League. One of us has not. One of us went 5-0 and last week in guess, and one of us didn't. Whoa, whoa, whoa. You didn't go 5-0. and who went 5-0 and oh and who went 3-2? and two? If you just had to guess from yeah. that setup. Well, you know, why, you know where this is going. You know where it's leading. Well, it, by the way, it's false. He didn't get five right. Adrian, I've got, the guess, I've got the guesses from last week right here, and I'm going through it going, huh, I got that one right. I got that one right. So there's I got only, that one right. So there's two differences. You're two up. That's it. 
So I'm two up from last week. That's I went five we and zero. Oh. That's all we need to know. You You're went two three up. and Let's two. I'm, I'm assuming you were just gonna guess the host of the well, show is probably the smarter. Uh, of the what two. I was gonna say is, if I can guess last week's scores, I think I can go five and zero oh as well. <laughs> and by the way, this is, he hasn't told you how we, how we finished it last year. Well, here he is again on last year. But let's, he would have been relegated that before off the season was done. There you go. Four and six on the season for Adrian, yeah. your host of the show, humbly sitting at ninety percent correct, nine okay. and one. All right, let's that's go. neither here nor there. It's right. just facts. Did he say humble? Yeah, humble, yeah. yeah Humbly yeah. sitting at top yeah. of the table. Yeah, okay. So, come on then, let's go. We've got picks this week, and we've got about last week? a minute or two. So we've got, five, we've got to get through five games. So we'll quickly run through this week's games. And there are some good ones this week. We're going to start off this week. We've got the big one. We'll start heavy first. Manchester United plays host to Tottenham. Well, let JP go JP, first. you go first. I, I'd have to go with Tottenham, although my heart wants to go with Man, Man United. Well, but it's going to be Tottenham. Tottenham. Yeah. Adrian, who you got? A draw. A draw? Yeah. I'm going to go with Tottenham. Really? There we go. Next one. Southampton plays host to Leicester. Leicester City. Uh, they need a win. They've got to get it soon. I'm going to go Southampton home win. Southampton. All right. They home? Southampton home, you said? Yep. They're going to win. Okay, Southampton at home. I will go with a draw there. Okay. Mm, that's two that you've gotten wrong so far, Adrian. There you go. Watford will host Crystal Palace. Ben Grossman's Crystal Palace. Mm. Beloved Crystal Palace. You picked Watford to beat Everton. Yeah, that I did. That didn't go well earlier no, this year. Uh, Watford's at home. I'm going to go uh, Watford at home. Home win, yeah. Watford. JP, who you got? Uh, draw. I'm going to go with a draw as well. Crystal Palace going to go in and get a result. Huddersfield will host Cardiff. Home win. Huddersfield at home. Did you even know who was at home, or did you just say home win? <laughs> no. Would those two teams really yeah, not yeah, matter? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Can I say that? Yeah. Huddersfield. We try to pick the even ones, not the yeah. lopsided ones. Uh, like Chelsea versus Newcastle. Everyone knows that's going to be a runaway. Newcastle loss. Chelsea beat Newcastle. Yeah, but at that's home? not the pick. It's Huddersfield, Cardiff. You picked Huddersfield. JP, who you got? I've got Huddersfield. Huddersfield. I've got Huddersfield as well. Home across the board. Clean yeah. sweep. Bournemouth hosting Everton. Adrian, I'll let you go last. Okay. Because I don't want you to think that my pick is predicated off yours. JP, who you got? I've got Everton. Everton yeah. on the road. I'm going to go with a home. No, not a win. I think Everton will get a point from the game, but that's all I think they get is a draw. I, I think the same. That's probably a smart thing to do when I go 5-0 and last week and you go 3-2. Yeah. and two. Just follow my lead. Well, there are the picks. JP, you are the first honorary guest pick. What we'll do is we'll have... Every guest that we'll have on the show, they'll go into a collective pool. So if you suck it up and you stink and you go 0-5, you can blame your other compadres that are guests on the show. And if it's good, then you can take all the credit. What happened last so, week? I went 5-0 and last week. Did Do you, you want the results? No. Go on. It's not going to get any better for you the more we talk about it. I promise you that. Okay. Right. Here's what we... You're, here's, you're setting yourself up for a major fall. <laughs> I don't get these moments <laughs> often. I'm going to roll with A major fall. JP, we want to say thank you so much for joining us. You enjoy yeah. your time here tonight? It was fantastic. It was my pleasure. Anytime you'd like me to come, I'd, I'd be happy to come. Well, over. fantastic. Great, great insight. Thank you so much. Cheers, Both JP. on the field Thanks, and off the field. We want to thank John Pascarella, goalkeeper coach for Minnesota United, joining us on the Adrian Heath Show. Stick around. we got one final segment. We will preview the matchup like we always do. Minnesota United heads to Sporting Kansas City, and we will end with a special Ray Cow's call.
This one will be a little bit different than other ones, Adrian. Mm -hmm. You're going to want to hear this one. You're going to want to stick around. We're having a great time here at Buffalo Wild Wings in St. Paul, 80 Snelling Avenue. Get down. We've got one last segment right here on the Adrian Heath Show, presented by Heineken on 1500 ESPN. We now continue with more of the Adrian Heath Show on 1500 ESPN, presented by Heineken. Welcome back to the final segment of the Adrian Heath Show. Presented by Heineken, coming to you live from Buffalo Wild Wings tonight. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. Adrian, I, I knew, I told Manny. You this is to a get slam this dunk for Adrian. With Manny, you're looking much. after me tonight, mate. Three yeah. seconds. You boys, I get around. Huh? <laughs> That's fitting, though, because we get around tonight. We're yeah, Buffalo yeah. Wild Wings and Snelling. We're going to get around next week because yeah. we're going to be at the fair. If you are going to be at the fair next Tuesday night, please come by the 1500 ESPN booth in uh well the house really and come see us and uh come say hello come let us know what you think of the show come let uh adrian have it if he gives a bad score to some of the new foods uh or just come get a picture come say hello uh who knows players might be stopping by there's always going to be a contingent of minnesota united around so i'm sure there will be some crossover but we would love to say hello again next week. We will be at the fair 6 to 7 p.m. live for the Adrian Heath Show. Should be a good one. But as we get to the final segment, Adrian, we want to preview Sporting Kansas City. We want to start to look at kind of what to expect this week. It's been a rough go going to Children's Mercy Park, playing there. Kansas City, obviously. Inevitably, they seem like they're just trading off first place with FC Dallas every other week. It seems right now they sit three points behind FC Dallas in second, 42 points, uh, 24 games played. So they're they're literally on par with FC Dallas, just sitting one game back from them. Minnesota United, 29 points. 37 points now is what Portland's sitting at. So that's the sixth place to get into the Western Conference playoffs. So it's a big game. A difficult game at that. What are you expecting? Well, a difficult game. You know, I think that Portland have been on a great run and they got, they got beat 3-0 there at the weekend. We know what to expect. It's a really difficult place to go and play this time of year as well. I don't know what the, the temperature is going to be like. I imagine it's going to be pretty hot. But uh, no, you know, their front guys are, are in good nick at the minute. Johnny Russell looks like he's coming back again. And uh, Rubio is... Probably struggled a little bit first, but he's now starting to hit a, a rich vein of form, scored a few goals, so his confidence would be high. And, you know, the kid Shallow has come on and done really well. He looks like he's growing with the game, but, you know, we know they're going to press us. They've got their front five that they press really well with, and they, they, they are nearly split between a five and a five. They press with five and defend with five, and they're very, very good at it. You know, we're going to have to play better than we have on the road. And I know I keep saying that, but, you know, We'll go, we will get an opportunity at some stage. It's, it's what the score is going to be when we get it and can we take advantage of it when it comes along. You know, there's going to be times in the game where we're going to be under the pressure. Can we withstand that pressure and, you know, soak it up and then be a, a threat on the, on the counter-attack because that's how the game's going to have to be. All right, well, wise words heading into the matchup. Against Sporting Kansas City this weekend, you'll be able to find that game on Fox Sports North. Plus, kickoff is at 7.30. Join us for coverage 7 o'clock for the pregame show. Cal, Kendra, and I will have the call for that. But now, as we like to end the show, and JP, we've got you to stick around for this because I want to get your input on this scoring. He, zero he, to ten. He can go first. Okay, zero to ten. We are going to give a goal call from Callum Williams on a goal scored by Darwin Quintero back at home against LAFC. It was the third goal of the game before halftime. But this one's going to be a little bit different. And you'll know why in just a second. 
JP, Adrian, it is time for you to rate Cal's call. Much like this, Christian Ramirez gets a goal, but you start to think what confidence can do for a forward. Getting that goal last week, now you're talking two goals in two games, looking for another one here. It is Darwin Quintero, who's through! He is a sensation! Movement, movement, movement. I'm going to go one way. Nope, I'm in behind you. A little bit different because you heard the voice of yours truly, Callum Williams and Ethan Finley as a guest commentator. So it was ruined by him. <laughs> but picked back up by Ethan. So yeah. it averages out yeah. with Callum. Yeah. Score a 1 to 10. What do you got? Score a 1 to 10. I'd give that one a 7 because he actually didn't get the whole word out. Yeah. Score! Yeah. Quintero! No, that's just... Swallowed half of it. No, I'm just <laughs> 6 and off because you and Ethan have ruined it. <laughs> My apologies to you, Callum Williams. I thought surely we'd only help you, but what we did is we hurt you in the end. Well, guys, you certainly helped the show tonight. I normally heard it, as always. So, JP, you want to say thank you for joining us? Appreciate it. Guys, thanks for having me. It was fantastic. Absolutely. Adrian, thank you so much, as always. Cheers, mate. Look All right. to next week. Absolutely, as always. Join us next week at the State Fair. For everyone here at Buffalo Wild Wings, for our promotion team, Peter, Kalen, and here, Jake on site, Manny back in 1500 headquarters. We want to say thank you so much for listening. To the Adrian Heath Show presented by Heineken right here on 1500 ESPN. You've been listening to the Adrian Heath Show hosted by Jamie Watson presented by Heineken. For Minnesota United game and broadcast information, be sure to visit 1500ESPN.com and click on the United tab in the sports wire. The home of sports talk in the Twin Cities is 1500 ESPN, KSTP AM, St. Paul, Minneapolis, 94.5 KSTP FM, St. Paul HD2, and streaming at 1500ESPN.com. ESPN Radio Sports Center. I'm John Ryder. The Nationals are currently seven and a half games back of the Braves for the NL East lead, and they're six and a half back for the final NL wild card. They've decided to start dealing players. They sent second baseman Daniel Murphy to the Cubs for a prospect and future considerations. ESPN's Tim Kirchin on why the Cubs added Murphy. He's hit 340 the second half of the season, and he's a lifetime 413 hitter at Wrigley Field. He's not a particularly good second baseman. We all know that. But when you play him at second, you can make take Javi Baez. He can play shortstop. He's good there. He's great defensively at third base. Also, Cubs starter Hugh Darvish is expected to miss the rest of the season with that lingering elbow injury. Washington has also dealt first base from Matt Adams to the Cardinals for cash. Astros getting all-star second baseman Jose Altuve back for tonight's game against the Mariners in Seattle. He's coming back from a knee injury. Houston enters tonight tied with Oakland for the top spot in the AL West with Seattle trailing by three and a half games. Angels place outfielder Justin Upton on the 10-day DL with a left finger injury. On the scoreboard, Yankees and Marlins scoreless in the third, and John Carlos Stanton's return to Miami. He got a standing ovation. Yankee shortstop Didi Gregorius goes on the 10-day DL with an injured heel. No score between the Indians, Indians and Red Sox in the fourth at Fenway. Tigers lead the Cubs 2-0 in the third. NFL suspending Steelers receiver Eli Rogers for one game for violating the substance abuse policy. Buffalo has signed punter John Ryan to a one-year deal. Ryan recently cut by Seattle. Aaron Rodgers says he doesn't want to mess over the Packers. Well, if that's true and he wants to win, then he needs to take a discount. 
That and more Wednesday. The Will Kane Show, weekdays at 3 Eastern on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, and ESPN News. To be your best every day, you need proven quality sleep every night. Science proves your best sleep is vital to your mental, emotional, and physical health. And that's where the sleep number bed comes in. And let me tell you, ever since I've had it, my sleep IQ score is just going higher and higher. And did you know 8 out of 10 couples say that one of them sleeps too hot or too cold? Science tells us regulating your sleep temperature leads to higher quality sleep. For many couples, temperature struggles are a real challenge. So here are some tips to help you both sleep just right. Look for beds designed with temperature benefits such as the new Sleep Number Climate 360 Smart Bed that actively warms and cools each side so you both sleep blissfully comfortable. And now save 40% on the Sleep Number 360 Special Edition Smart Bed. Plus, special financing for a limited time. Only at Sleep Number stores or sleepnumber.com slash podcast one. Sleep Number, the official sleep and wellness partner of the National Football League. Subject to credit approval, minimum monthly payments required. See sleepnumber.com for details.